0: but it was exciting to have the uh, Prime Minister acknowledge our clients and the needs for these women.
1: That was Dawn Ferris, the Executive Director of Autumn House in Amherst, Nova Scotia, our guest on episode number nine. Stay informed, get involved. Welcome to the Great Amherst Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Cameron. I wanted Don to come on and explain to us and talk with us. This is a this is a difficult time for everybody and it's even more difficult for vulnerable communities and especially the women that Autumn House serves. So I wanted Dawn to come on and talk with us about ways that people who need their services, how they can still contact Autumn House, how Autumn House is adapting and modifying their services to continue to meet the needs of their clients. Dawn also lets us know the ways that we as a community can currently support Autumn House and their work. And finally, Don explains what, how the impact of the border closure with Nova Scotia and New Brunswick is impacting their ability to deliver their service. Before we get to the interview and our sponsors, Don and I recorded this episode on April 2nd. And there's two developments that I want to add that we didn't talk about uh, during this interview. The first one is there was a woman murdered in a domestic violence in, in Hammond's place ago. So, This is an important topic. This is something for us to think about and unfortunately it still does happen. The other thing that's happened is Autumn House has received $36,000 from the federal money that was given out uh, to help with their programs and their facilities. Today's episode is brought to you by White's Computer Service. Jeff White is looking for people that have old computers they aren't using. He's formatting, fixing, and repurposing these computers for students who need the equipment to access their schooling online. Contact Jeff on Facebook to arrange drop-off of your computer. And today's episode is brought to you by the staff at Trendy Eyewear in the Amherst Town Square Mall. They're open for business with modified hours right now and they're available for people who need new glasses or repairs during this. Contact them on Facebook or by phone at 661 two zero four zero and stick around till after the interview and i'm going to play a couple submissions from the great amherst gratitude project those will be at the very end after we hear from don ferris welcome everybody to our next episode of the great amherst podcast uh today our guest is don ferris and she's the executive director of autumn house in amherst uh i actually I, i do have to say I think probably don, you, you you probably haven't listened to the interview Holly and I did, where you decided to come on. Uh, Holly and I spent a few minutes um, taking credit for the art of auction <laughs> evening <laughs> and saying that it was all that was so successful because of our expert job of moving all the art up so that people could display it.
0: 100 <laughs> percent absolutely <laughs> thank you
1: you're, you're welcome, so we joked about that and, and acknowledged that it was dawn and. Robin, and a whole lot of work that went into making that event so successful. It
0: takes a team, and you two are part of that team.
1: I I appreciate that. So don has been the executive director for uh, Autumn House, or I guess technically the Cumberland County Transition House Association, since 2017? Since December? December
0: 2017, yep.
1: Okay, perfect. And you're also the president of the Canadian Association of Elizabeth Fry Societies. Yes. And? Past chair of the Elizabeth Fry Society of Mainland Nova Scotia, that sound sound right. So, uh, Don, I wanted you to come on and talk today about a few things. One is on the first day that uh, the federal government announced funding for the COVID response, there was fifty million dollars allocated for support for women's shelters, sexual assault centers, including for facilities in Indigenous communities, and I think lost everybody is so concerned about okay what about EI what about people who are losing their jobs that maybe this people didn't stop and think too much about it and I kind of wanted to come, you to come on and talk about that because I think this is difficult for everybody and I think this money was allocated to perhaps help people that are at risk or vulnerable sectors already which would be that much more difficult for so I wanted you to come on And talk about what Autumn House is doing and how we're helping support uh, some more vulnerable members of our community. So why is this extra money or this extra spending so important in a time like this?
0: Well, um, it's really important to know that our funding models across the country are uh, not done by the federal government. Um, Any non-Indigenous transition house is uh, funded provincially. Right. And that makes us look very different across the country. So I was not one of those people who missed this notice of the $50 million commitment. commitment. Uh, it was pretty exciting to me because it was um, an acknowledgment that the federal government has for our marginalized and vulnerable client base. Uh, now, it's been close to three weeks, just over three weeks since those announcements have been made. And we still don't know what that looks like. Uh, We still don't know if that's every single transition house. Uh, We haven't had any word uh, federally if uh, Autumn House will be receiving funds and what that might look like. Um, But I I know it's a process, but it was exciting to have the uh, Prime Minister acknowledge our clients and the needs for these women. Yeah.
1: I think so too. One thing I forgot to mention earlier is I'm, I'm actually on the board of directors for the Autumn House, so I work with Dawn and... I think you sent an email out very quickly after the announcement acknowledging yes. <laughs> this money's been allocated. Yes. So, yeah, so I knew you didn't miss that. I knew you didn't miss that line. But the other thing I was wondering if you could talk about, Autumn House is in town to serve women and serve people who are in situations where they're dealing with intimate partner violence. Why is the situation like we're in now with with people needing to stay home and self-isolating why is that more of either a risky or more challenging or more dangerous? Maybe the word may not be the word. Volatile.
0: Yeah, all of all of those, all of yeah. the above. So um, we are situated in Amherst, but our catch area is all of Cumberland County. Right. So Pugwash, Collingwood, Harrisboro, and quite literally into the uh, Westmoreland area of New Brunswick. So oh. yeah, Sackville. Uh, now, we're not fed, funded at all by the New Brunswick government, but um, the RCMP from that side of the border will bring women over. Women on that side okay. of the border will call us. So, um, But what we know is that these are stressful times and people are in their houses together. And if you are not in a healthy relationship, things like this can be, uh, you know, we call them factors, like risk factors. Yeah. They don't cause right. people to become violent, but they are a contributing factors right? So times like Christmas, stressful, fun, but stressful being at home with your kids and your husbands. Uh, the problem is, um, is that women have less ability to find downtime and alone time to reach out if they need us. So, um, we've noticed this across the province and probably across the country, if we were talking to the shelters that right now there have been less calls for shelter. And that's probably because everybody's together in the house.
1: So with that, it, it can be a situation if the woman wants to, uh, you know, reach out to the, reach out to a shelter or needs help, perhaps in the past they may go to a friend's house to make a call or be able to get out of the house in contact that way. The goes to work, that...
0: they can make the call while the husband's out, out with his buddies. You know, there's time a- a- alone. And now with the social isolation, people aren't leaving the homes. So there's not the opportunity right. to make calls um, unheard.
1: Ah, uh. Yeah, you never
0: don't think about those things.
1: Yeah, no, no, you don't. Like it's in depending on where you live, if you don't have another, yeah, if you can't get away from somebody long enough to make a call or any sort of thing. Yeah,
0: it's a a worry. We're all worried about those women. Now, we also know that women could be creative, right? So if I go for a daily walk, I can take my cell phone. If those two things are possible, they could call them. It's just challenging, and of course, a woman—if it got really escalated—could call the police, and the police would bring her in. Okay. But people need to know that that's an option.
1: Right. So, what is the if there is somebody out there that what is the easiest way to for somebody to contact Autumn House? Well, the if they need to, phone.
0: We have a twenty-four hour crisis line. It's a uh, 1200
1: Okay. That's easy to yep. remember. It's 902-667-1200 yeah. and it's answered 24-7.
0: 7 Men can access that if they're in crisis. Sometimes men call okay. us and say, I need help. I'm not doing right. well. I'm on the, the verge.
1: And so with that, is it, is it a place where you can talk to somebody? Yep. Like, is yep. it?
0: Yes. So I should have probably explain that. Uh, uh, Cumberland County Transition House has four components. We have the Women's Shelter with the Child and Youth Program. We have the New Directions men's program, which is a program for men who want to make the changes in their lives to live violence free. And we have a second stage house. And so um, we're the only transition house in Nova Scotia that has a full time men's intervention program under our umbrella. And we're pretty darn proud of that because our founding organizers, the women in the early 80s, uh, in Cumberland, who came together to create our transition house, knew that just solve a family, to help a family, you're going to have to help men as well, because mm-hmm. otherwise, then you're just sheltering women and hiding women. And so, right. um, yeah, I think there's only one other transition house in all of Canada that has a men's program. There are lots of men's programs, only one other tied to a women's shelter.
1: Right, and that's the new Directions program. The new directions and
0: directions I think program, yes. And I'll give. It... I'd um... go ahead.
1: I was gonna say I'd love for you to come back another time to really that we can talk about and explore that one. Absolutely. Because I think that is a is a very good program. The other thing when you're talking about that I was wondering about in this sort of current situation we're in, you mentioned that Autumn House would serve women in Sackville. Yeah. Westmoreland County. How has the border closure impacted Prob- that what probably
0: we've had no so we're not doing face-to-face appointments right now we're doing okay phone interviews phone uh, intakes okay um however we have plans in place should a woman arrive at the door which you know in the past right. sometimes happens and then you know we have protocols put in place but um so we're we're still uh doing counseling sessions and crisis calls okay. from women in the runswick we haven't had any requests for shelter okay and quite frankly we've you have to go into isolation, cross-border, <laughs> two weeks. You
1: know. Oh, I know. It's,
0: there's
1: a lot. It's, yeah, there's a lot of logistics to yeah. it to figure that out and see what it is. So down at the actual actual Autumn House, like at, at the facility, it's a place where if somebody needs to um, get out of a situation of intimate partner violence, that they can come and stay yeah. for up to up to six yeah. weeks. What have what have you and the staff been doing to provi- still provide those services under sort of the current self isolation and self distancing and the emergency orders?
0: Well, we've made some changes to our routines. So we are now doing our grocery orders online. Our weekly grocery orders are being okay. delivered in a taxi from the superstore. <laughs> so, okay. yeah, uh, that's yeah. great. So less contact. Um, all of my staff are practicing self-isolation at home and are coming okay. in. We're having uh, cleaning routines, hand-washing, wipe down mm-hmm. constantly. Uh, the residents are also practicing self-isolation. They're not leaving the, the shelter for anything other than emergency appointments. Okay. So there's been a lot of changes and we understand it's, it's hard, but uh, we'll get through this by being cautious.
1: Yes. I guess my questions on that is somebody who needs the services for autumn house shouldn't be worried about extra or an increased chance of being exposed to anything when they no. come to the house like that. No,
0: so we put uh, protocols in place. Um, we ask women if they're, if they're seeking shelter, um, have they had a fever in the last 24 hours, or do they have a cough? And if if somebody okay. was to say yes, we would walk them through the 811 self assessment tool. Which would determine whether they need to be tested or not. We um, now have a contact with uh, public health. So if if a woman is sick, let's say she's sick with COVID, tested positive, already knows it, sure, but but needs shelter. um, Public health will find them a secure, safe location.
1: Oh, fantastic!
0: Yes, in a hotel. None of the hotels in Amherst uh, will take sick people. We already. Called make our contingency plan, okay. but public health has yes. stepped in and has come up with the plan. Um, it, you know, in the city's larger areas, uh, the hotels are really work right. with. So that's a commitment we had from government uh, because we're not a right. healthcare facility. Our staff are not nurses, we're not trained to mm-hmm. help women convalesce. Um, and the risk yeah. for of the staff, their families, and other residents is too great. So,
1: yeah, but. Unfortunately, you're still a support and a service that needs to be offered. Yes. Like the, you know, that's, you know, unfortunately still need to be there. So it's, how do you.
0: Risk management. Like I
1: said, ha- yeah. 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 yeah,
0: it's all about the risk management. Yeah. So, so we can do what we can do. I'm, yeah. uh, I have, a, as we're talking about this, I have a conference call that I'm organizing tomorrow with my women's support counselors and night support counselors to talk about starting on Monday, single staff rotation. Right. Okay. My fear is that if we did have, let's say, a woman in house who had no symptoms but then become Mm -hmm. sick, I can't have 100% of my staff have to go into quarantine or be banished for the good of the realm for two weeks. Yes. Uh, (laughs) So I'm trying to manage uh, a system and we'll have to come up with it. And the seven of our brains together should come up with a a schedule to say in the course of one week, only 50% of staff should be exposed at any time you
1: know, that might be helpful. Right. There's a lot of logistics and challenges and things. Yeah. Because, I mean, the services and the programs that you offer are essential. They are. Like they're an essential service. Women's
0: safety, children's safety. Yeah.
1: And I guess that's the other other thing that I suppose we should mention is that if somebody, if there's a woman or somebody needs access to the services, you do have programs and places for them to bring their children. Yes. As well.
0: Yes. 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 So a woman could live in house with her children in our residence. We have a child and mm-hmm. youth program coordinator. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It, this is a, I'm, I'm glad you were able to come on and talk about this because it's, you know, there's a lot of things you don't think about that we need to do in our community to yeah. help support the vulnerable people in our community and the organizations and the infrastructure that we have in, we have in place uh, to help yeah. them. So again, If there is somebody out there, there is the 24-hour phone line, 902-667-1200. And then if there's other people in the community that just want to help support Autumn House during this time and just in general, what, how can they help?
0: Um, Well, as harsh as it's going to sound right now, we really could use files dollars Mm -hmm. um and i will say that when i moved here for this job um i was overwhelmed with the very uh supportive community that we have here for autumn house the level of Mm -hmm. minor little tiny fundraisers people do and the tons of donations that come in of clothing and bedding and towels and, and you name it the elizabeth fry society is the society of helping marginalized criminalized women in and out of jail uh not one of the quote sexy organizations to donate so so um coming into this realm of of big support in the community for uh our autumn house um, but we've had to ask due to the social isolating uh and being safe all around that donations stop for the for the time being, that
1: so, like physical, physical donations,
0: donations like. Of, of clothing, of uh bedding, of furniture, all of that stuff right, right now, like no contact at the door, please keep that stuff for later. But we could, because there's so many other expenses and so many of our clients have needs, uh, that financial fund would be the best, even if it was ten dollars.
1: If somebody did want to make a donation to Autumn House, one, I, I believe it's charitable, it is donation, like you would get a tax Absolutely, receipt? Absolutely, yes. And what's the easiest way for them to do well, it? Well,
0: anybody who has access to the internet, if they go on autumnhouse.ca, there's a um, couple of clicks in, and there's a link to uh, click your way, right? to Canada Helps, and you could set up a donation with your credit card right through our website. The other thing is, uh, lots of people still have checks. I'm of that generation where I still have checks in my purse. If somebody wanted to write a check and drop it off in our mailbox, uh, at at okay. Autumn House, uh, and that has been happening. So people have been dropping off through the mail. Um, it's 41 Russell Street.
1: Is that the mailing address yes. as well?
0: Yes.
1: Perfect. I'll put um, I'll put a link to the Autumn House website in the yep. Yep. link to the Canada Helps, and I think on that you can sign up and you can make a one-time donation yep. or
0: a standing monthly, a monthly
1: donation. Yep. yep. Right. Yep. Whichever. And then I'll, I'll, um, I'll put the mailing address because I'll go on and find the postal code as well. Because H2S5. Well, there you go. Everybody, everybody at the office here laughs at me. I just use one standing postal code for anywhere in town. And actually, I think growing up, everybody in my family all used a different postal code just because none of. Yeah, no, we still got our mail. Just nobody was going to bother to remember what the actual postal code was. Yes,
0: the post office in Amherst is amazing. So having a post office box two years ago, because it just was something that we had to pay for annually and they do deliver to the house. And so, yes, but we sent out all the notices and yet we still get mail delivered to the autumn house with our old address and it's just written scratched off or in autumn house and the staff, the posties know.
1: They know where it is. Yes. So, um, I'd like to I'd like to talk to you a little bit more about just some other things that maybe you're doing personally to manage stress and anxiety that's going on here and going on this time, but I'd like to do that next. But first I had uh wanted to read one little word from one of our sponsors. Today's is about sending online gifts. I was thinking online shopping doesn't necessarily have to be for yourself. You can still use it to send gifts to somebody else that you know and care about I actually I did this I think last week my two of my nieces are staying with my mom and dad in Fredericton my sister's a doctor up there and she's in and out of the hospital so her kids went to stay with my mom and dad and there's a there's a fantastic art in toy store in Fredericton called endeavors or think play it's the name of it and my wife knows the guy who owns it and they're set up to do deliveries and they'll ship things so I called them up and said hey you know, there's an eight-year-old and a six-year-old. What do you got? And they said, well, this and this. And I said, great, put it in a box. And they sent it up there. You can do things like that. You know, I was thinking like, like Mansors.com still open. You know, you, if you have somebody in your family that you're thinking about, you can always send them a, a fun pair of socks or a nice pair of sacks underwear, let them uh, self-isolate in style and in comfort. You know, it's so it's the online shopping doesn't have to be about you. You can just send something to somebody else you know and care about and, and, and it can be just a, a surprise uh, thinking about you remembering you i highly recommend that i encourage you to think about choose who you ship from wisely try to find somebody maybe locally that is doors have been shut and are only operating online maybe you can help them out maybe in their time of need you can help them that way
0: That's a great idea i ordered something online yesterday locally from the province because uh one of the distilleries, yeah. I think a couple of distilleries are making right. uh, hand sanitizers to get out. Ah. And so uh, one of the other EDs under the fan's umbrella uh, reached out to still Fired distilleries. And he's right. shipping stuff out. And I went on their website and I'm like, ooh, apple pie moonshine. it made for my husband.
1: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You don't tell him, let it just show, show up and it'll be a surprise. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I think everybody else the actual gift may not be, well, will be appreciated, but I think the act and the thought is what will really, really help people. Absolutely. I was going to ask you then Dawn. So this is an odd and a weird and a stressful and an unprecedented and a tumultuous and a traumatic and all these sorts of things. So is there anything you're doing differently that, or personally to manage any of the extra stress or anxiety that you.
0: Well, I think, um, This job overall is pretty demanding. I'm not, I Mm -hmm. don't want to pretend I'm 24 seven. I am not. I have my boundaries, but the organization is 24 seven. And when there are hiccups or whatever, I I am a go-to person. So I can get a call in the middle of the night and I don't mind that. I'd rather staff be supported and call me when they need to. So but I put some things in place, just overall, I, we don't take our cell phones into our bedroom. They stay in the kitchen. Because those little bings and the whooshes and the whatnots, the little bit of a light, uh, there's just no need for that. So that's been in place for a couple of years now. What I've had to start doing recently, because the first couple of weeks of March, I wanted the news on the TV 24-7. I want to know what's going on in the world. I'm now reducing the amount of on-time news cycles. I try to catch some stuff in the morning before I go to work or before I start working, and then I'll catch some stuff in the evening, and I think that that's yeah. enough. Because otherwise, you can go to dark places of worry in your head, and I don't think it's helpful. I think that the news media is giving us the information we need to know, but there's also a lot of hype and drama around yeah. it. And they, you know, they keep reporters keep asking, "What do you expect for numbers?" And that's a terrible game to have somebody say, "We think it's yeah. going to be this," or "We think it's going to be that." For yes, yeah. and I don't think it's helpful. So. We've reduced no. the amount of news we're, we're, we're hearing. I'm not here yet, but a one daughter had to take herself off so, social media because she was mm. being inundated with ridiculous... It was just driving her nuts. So yeah, maybe we'll get there. But I, I like Facebook for the contact. But, you know. Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. I think I'm with you. I, I ended up, um yeah, doing the same sort of thing on the news. Like yeah. just... I won't watch them, but I'll read or catch the summary of the Prime Minister's yeah. announcements in the morning yeah. and then... I'll read the summary of Premier McNeil's and Doctor Strings. Yep. And then then that's it.
0: Yeah, that's enough.
1: Yeah, that's all that I need. Yep. I can't. Yep. Yeah.
0: But overall I'm not feeling overly stressed and anxious. And I was kind of thinking about that the other day. And maybe it's because and I've said, you know, to my girlfriend, we've been debriefing about this, but we were military base brats, moved around a lot went to school right. on military bases and went to high school overseas on a military base where we used to have to have bomb girls. Like we practiced for terrorist attacks mm. in the eighties, not probably the normal part of schooling the rest of Canada, but also that tuck and roll with whatever high stress situation I might've always been grilled for my whole life. I don't know.
1: And I would also imagine there's gotta be in the role that you're in like uh, flexibility or, being able to go with...
0: We call it the tuck and roll. Go with it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. My concerns have been around making sure that my staff feel safe, that my staff feel mm-hmm. secure, that their fears and anxieties are being addressed. And so yeah. I've put a lot of effort into making sure that I keep in constant communication with everybody, doing lots of check-ins to see that they're okay.
1: Yeah. I think that was part of, for me as well, as kind of cutting back on sort of the news and... St- and social media and things like that it was my concerns were you know my wife and my daughter my parents my sister going in and out of the hospital and her family everybody at work in their families and like looking after them and you know our tenants and it was just and it, it became that was that was a big enough pie of worry for me to carry that hearing about what was happening in Ontario or this will be the only time we mention it or talk about what's happening down south of the border. I went, I, I, I can't do it. Yep. I just, I can't, I have my yep. box that I've got
0: yep. to be concerned about. We have no control over the bigger picture. Yeah. And quite frankly, I have no control over the smaller picture. Like I've got a daughter who's a nurse. Uh, mm. Our youngest works at Walmart in Halifax, in Dartmouth. Yeah. And she's pulling long hours and is, you know, yeah. I constantly worry about her, but at the end of the day, nothing my worrying is going to help no no. how you doing? You're making good choices, but you know.
1: Yeah. And I found that as well, that there was a lot of, like the first week I found for myself, there was, we started doing things. Like for us at work, we started probably like around March 11th, March 12th, talking about what are we going to do for our tenants? What aren't we going to do? And that was sort of right around when things started, started to be shut down. Yeah.
0: I remember it because March 12th, I flew to the States to bring home our puppy and that night in the hotel, it was like, what do you mean they're closing borders or they're asking people to stay home or get home to Canada? Uh, And I was on the 13th, which was the Friday, uh, driving back uh, from Bangor with the puppy in the car and the chair of the board telling me, oh, you're on self-isolation now for two weeks.
1: Yes. Or or as you yes. best described it in one of your emails, you were exiled for the good of the realm. Yes.
0: <laughs> it sounds so much more exotic than
1: regal yeah. and important yeah. and yeah. you know I, and I think I've I've said this before, so like all this stuff was being shut, started to be shut down like the 12th, and 13th, and that Sunday I think was sort of the first case of COVID-19 in Nova Scotia. I think that was the first confirmed positive or suspected positive. I I think that was the I
0: think you're right. right maybe timeline. yeah. Yeah.
1: If it wasn't Sunday, it was Monday or Saturday, right around there. And I found like that week at work, like came in and did sort of the important things to protect sort of the business and our tenants and our staff and everything like that. And then it started like, you know, schools were closed and this was closed and this was closed. And I found it a very, I found it to be a very traumatic week.
0: Oh, yes.
1: Like it was just something after something, after something. And i tried to do work and I just, I couldn't. Yeah. And I th- I think I've said this before in one of the interviews is I just spent, you know, the days and the mornings and just the days, just calling people, yeah. just going, how's it going? What's happening? What are you doing? You know, was all I could do. Yeah. Check in. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like I can't show up at the hospital and say, Hey, can I help? they <laughs> will say, no, 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 you, you go
0: home, but thank
1: you. Yeah. I appreciate it. You know, so it's, like you said i think it's sort of we don't have a lot of control but we do have certain things and there's i think there's so many you know it's staying home yeah. it's so weird yeah stay home yes. Yeah, it's uh yeah
0: we did the counting down for the two weeks of every day mm. and that second friday which was just the last day saturday we got up yeah. and we're like what are we doing nothing we're still staying home nothing
1: staying <laughs> home <laughs> yeah we have a few our daughters like there's a few kids our daughter's age in the neighborhood and so the first week they would get out and they'd kind of play around each other and stuff like that. And one of the most challenging days, I think for all of like all the parents was the day we all kind of went.
0: Can't happen anymore. Yeah.
1: No. So, so we made the rule now they could be out at the same time if they're on bikes.
0: Uh, yep.
1: Cause then they're going to stay, yep. you know, six feet apart, but it's just, it's a, it's a challenging.
0: It certainly is. Yeah. And I don't know that there could have been anything to prepare us uh, to even know. So in my case, on the drive home on the the Friday with the puppy. I did call my husband yeah. to say I'd, I landed. I was now in Canada, drive home, yeah. quick, love you, love off the phone. And then I spent the rest of the trip talking to work, checking in with the staff, mm. telling them I had to be in for two weeks, called my best friend, called the daughters, got home. I guess yeah. I forgot to tell Kevin that we would be self-isolating <laughs> because of the, my trip to the state. And thank goodness he's such a preparer always because, uh, Right. When I got home and I blah, blah, blah. And he's like, what do you mean we're in self-isolation? I'm like, oh, didn't I tell you? He's like, well, I wanna go and got groceries.
1: <laughs> oh. <laughs> you go, oops. oops.
0: Oh, I'm sure oops. I told you. No, I probably told everybody else I was talking to that day about it and had forgotten.
1: So that you and Kevin are going to be in self-isolation, but just didn't tell right.
0: him. Right. Right. <laughs> oops. Because oops. Oops. then it was too late. So thankfully we had enough milk. And so uh, one weekend we did that order online through Superstore. And, and they delivered it
1: into the front of the car without any. Yeah. I, uh, I went and picked up her order. My wife had placed an order like uh, a few days ago and was supposed to pick it up yesterday. And she asked me when I got home, like, you know, how was it? And I was was like, well, it was great. Yeah, it was great. It was great. You know, it's like, and it's things like previously would have been like, oh, I had to wait 10 minutes in (laughs) in line in my car to get, and then you're like, no, no, this was great. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like just... Easy. You know, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, there was, I think there were some things, some things that placed on the order that we couldn't get, whether whether they were, you know, one per customer or whatever, but you go, fine. Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah, yeah. We were able, after that one week, we were able to get some toilet paper. We got some milk and eggs, bread.
1: I think that was fantastic. Yeah. We were talking before about it, I, and I think I've said it before, I find it amazing. And like you mentioned one of your daughter's, works at Walmart now too like how people that are truly the essential workers are really showing or being shown right now yeah
0: yeah she's working 12 14 hour days uh she's not getting two days off in a row and she's going and been all like she's management now so but but she's been doing cash stuff she's been loading cars with groceries she's been unloading pallets of and she's just a tiny little thing but happy to be involved and I said to her one day I said sweetie like maybe maybe you could phone in sick tomorrow. And she's like, I'm not doing that. She said, I've got to yeah. unload all the stuff in the pharmacy area. And she said, people need their meds. I was like, okay, but yeah, she's dedicated.
1: You know, which we need yeah. at this point. Yeah. I've been talking for about 40 minutes, 45 minutes. So I know you have a lot going on, a lot of things happening. So I really appreciate you coming on. Oh, this is great. I think this is such an important conversation to have that this is tough for everybody. And people in vulnerable communities, it's even more challenging. Yep,
0: absolutely. So, Thank you very much for highlighting these uh, issues.
1: Yeah, and so just one way to wrap up again, if somebody needs help, uh, they can reach out to Autumn House at
0: 667-1200.
1: Perfect. If somebody needs services, and that's answered
0: 24-7.
1: And if there's people out in the community that are able and want to help Autumn House at this time, we'll put links and you can support them financially online at autumnhouse.ca Absolutely.
0: That'd be great.
1: Very good. Thank you very much, Don. You
0: take care.
1: You too. Thank you. That was Don Ferris, the executive director with Autumn House. Uh, unfortunately they still provide an essential service in our community. And if you can find it, I will have a link where you can d- donate some money to help support their services in town. If you enjoyed this show and want to hear more interviews with our local community members, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, especially so you don't miss any of the great Amherst Gratitude Project episodes that are coming up. So if you want to submit your thanks or gratitude, go to tgapod.com thanks. And here are two samples that have been submitted already This message is from Jennifer W., James W., and Doug R. on Palmer Street in Amherst. They've put hearts and posters in their windows to say thank you. From her family to everyone at 811, the police departments, EHS, mail carriers, doctors, nurses, VON staff, retail workers, firefighters, and farmers. The hearts and posters are there so you know people care.
0: Hi, my name is Janice Pike, and I am thankful for the many people I have met since moving here from the Annapolis Valley in 1987 that have made me feel at home and a part of this wonderful community.
1: So go to TGAPod.com thanks to make your submission now. We're looking for lots more stories.